We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to Candlestick Chronicles, a 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I'm Kyle Madsen. I write about the 49ers over at NinersWire.com, part of the USA Today Sports Media Group. Joining me shortly is Chris Biederman of the Sacramento Bee. And today's episode is sponsored by Oakley. Want to shout out to Oakley, our new sponsor, Express Your Style, and build a look that's made for you. Yeah, that's right, you, the listener, because Oakley's changing the game, and it's time to discover a whole new world of possibilities, whether you're running, golfing, training, or if you just want to look like Debo Samuel, who rocks some Oakleys, uh, then you need to get yourself a pair of Oakleys today at oakley.com. Um, Oakley has Prism technology. Can't even begin to tell you what it is, but it's proprietary technology to Oakley and available for everyday settings as well. If you want to know more, and I know you do because um, I also do, pop on over to oakley.com and uh, do your own research. You know how much we love that. Uh, here on this pod and while you're there make sure to get yourself a pair of everyday glasses that'll be sure to change your look for the better i'm telling you the whole brooks those are the glasses i've had i will have and will continue to have for the rest of my life they're my favorite sunnies i wear them doing whatever uh so when you wear oakley there really is more than meets the eye don't trust me try for yourself i've worn a lot of sunglass brands in my life that's true and i can assure you that oakley is not the only the best looking but it's the best quality out there head on over to oakley.com for more information today I have an NFL general NFL question that I want to throw at Chris, and that's what we're going to do now. Here we go. Blue wire. Hey, this is George Kittle, and you're listening to Candlestick Chronicles. about today and i was just kind of thinking because i'm by myself and i just have an inner monologue going all the time i decided that this is the nfl season i'm most looking forward to i've never looked forward to an nfl season more than this one okay why is that i can't think of a team that uh i can there's not that many teams that I'm just disinterested in. Like every every team has something that I will pay attention to them for. And on top of that, because the Titans and Will Levis is not that interesting, but I do want to I, I am genuinely interested to see what Will Levis looks like if if he gets to play in his rookie year. But there are so many teams that could win the Super Bowl this year. 
And that's the thing that kind of jumped out to me. And I just, I feel like there's Niners related stuff, but then just kind of up and down the league. There's so much, there's so much shit to pay attention to. Yeah. So I, I think really, I mean, that that's sort of what the off season is or what it can be, right? Like we say this, we you know, it's like a cliche in baseball, but like, Hope springs eternal in every spring training, right? And it mm-hmm. and it does feel like, you know, a lot of teams who need quarterbacks will draft a young quarterback and their quarterback issue is solved until it isn't, right? Like there's a perpetual sure. cycle in the league of like, oh, we'll see if this guy's any good and and this guy's the answer to solve our quarterback issues until he isn't, right? Like Mitch Trubisky mm-hmm. was the Bears savior for not too long. Right. And there was obviously a lot of optimism because he was highly drafted. And then he played football and you realize, OK, this part, this guy probably isn't going to save save the organization. <laughs> so I get what you're saying for sure. Um, and there are plenty of reasons to have optimism about a lot of different teams in the league. Um, but, but if I'm going to play devil's advocate, I'm going to I'll tell you, like, there's a pretty good chance some of these teams that do have expectations or like developing teams are going to be worse. And maybe some teams that we think are really good right now are going to fall on their face and not have a good season because it, you know, we, we talked about it a few pods ago, like generally 50% of the teams that made the playoffs from year to year, don't make the playoffs mm-hmm. the next year. Right. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I'm not trying, <laughs> I'm not trying to shit on your idea because I really appreciate your positivity. And generally I think that's one of the best things about the NFL is the parody and, and the parody will be a theme in a discussion we have uh, coming up here about a, a different topic. But um, yeah, I just, you know, I, I appreciate the optimism, but the cynical side, I made two separate points. <laughs> well, the, the cynical side of me will say like, yeah, but maybe some of these good teams are in, are going to like, not be good or guys are going to get hurt and for whatever reason like teams that we think are awesome might not be awesome so you know I think for me coming into the season my big takeaway is like man there there are a lot of potentially good to really good teams in the AFC Mm -hmm. and there are not so many in the NFC (laughs) yeah no um the whole thing about people could win the Super Bowl is, is different than every team being interesting yeah. Like, I don't think the Colts are going to win the Super Bowl or have a chance to win the Super Bowl, but I'm fascinated to see Anthony Richardson. Sure. And what that looks like. I don't think the Titans are that interesting, but I'm fascinated to see what Will Levis looks like. I like Jimmy Garoppolo plays for the Raiders now. What is Jimmy Garoppolo going to look like outside of Kyle Shanahan's ecosystem? Again, don't think the Raiders are going to win the Super Bowl, but that's an interesting storyline to me. Sean Peter. Payton in Denver. Can they turn around Russell Wilson? Like that, that, so that's that's kind of yeah, what I yeah. mean. I get, is, I, I get it. But then there's a team like the Buccaneers. I have no interest in whatever the Buccaneers are doing. I don't know if I have any interest in in anything happening in the NFC South outside of Bryce Young. Yeah, they're not like. Is Desmond Ritter moving the needle for you? <laughs> no. They have a John Robinson. You know that's that's a that's a thing. <laughs> But like the Cardinals, I, I couldn't care less about the Cardinals. There's not nothing interesting happening there. Yeah. Except that their head coach is like Ken Delroy, which is really funny. But the like first, the, in the, 
the first year in a coaching regime is is generally interesting when it's a first time head coach. Yeah, they yeah the Kyler Murray injury changes that a little bit for me. Yeah, but, that that's true. But it'd be fascinating if Jonathan Gannon is a like world changing head coach or a franchise. <laughs> I was going to say world beater and then franchise changing. If he's a franchise changing head coach and they win eight games in a year where they don't have Kyler Murray, that could that could make things interesting in Arizona down the line. But in the NFC North, it's like Jordan Love and Justin Fields. What do those two guys look like? Endlessly fascinated by both those teams. The Lions are supposed to be good. It's kind of weird, but I'm in. And then the Vikings are, are the Vikings. They're probably the least interesting team there. But they were 13-4 and four and made the playoffs last year. So you have to at least kind of... Uh, show them some form of respect going into the year as a as a contender i guess but let's run through though let's just do this right now (laughs) i want you to say yes or no i come from the future and i'm going to tell you that each of these teams won the super bowl okay are you surprised or not buffalo (laughs) surprised no okay the miami dolphins yes okay the patriots yes the Jets. You'd be yeah. shocked if the Jets won the goddamn Super Bowl. Yes, I'd be surprised if the Jets won okay. the Super Bowl. Okay. So that's one team in the AFC East that you think can win the Super Bowl this year. Oh, I guess. Sure. Okay. Again, knowing that we're doing this in freaking May. Cincinnati. I would not be surprised if the Bengals won the Super Bowl. And Baltimore? I would not be surprised. What about Pittsburgh and Cleveland? I would be more surprised if the Steelers won than Cleveland just because maybe Deshaun Watson recaptures the Pro Bowl form he had. Yeah, and also they just traded for Zedaria Smith. Yeah, no, the Browns are... defense might just be awesome. (laughs) Roster-wise, the Browns are loaded. Yeah. Um, Jacksonville. I think they're good, but yes, I would be surprised if they won the Super Bowl. Okay, I'm not doing anybody else in the AFC South. Thank you. <laughs> Any of the AFC West teams. I think the Raiders are the only team that I would be genuinely surprised by. But if you told me the Broncos turned it around under Sean Payton, I wouldn't be floored. I would be pretty floored. I would not be. I'm, I'm out on our guy, Russ. Wow. But maybe that's just bias. You're already punting. Punting on a whole like that. I'm punting on Russ. Okay. Like I, I think Sean Payton makes a lot of sense in theory. I just... I'm just kind of out. Sorry. I don't know what it is. I like Chargers. I think the Chargers go in the Super Bowl. Okay. Are you out on Sean Payton too or just Russ? Just Russ. Okay. All right. That's fair. What about the Giants? I think the Giants are more likely to be worse than they were this last season than better. 100% with you. When you talk about teams that made the playoffs last year who could miss it this year the giants are like right at the top of the list they had a minus six point differential wow <laughs> yikes yeah what did they start six and one uh something like that and then i think they went like nine seven and one yeah it's not not a great end of the year for them yeah. washington i'm gonna assume you'd be surprised what about dallas um the only thing that would surprise me there is Mike McCarthy winning the goddamn Super Bowl. Yeah, I I think they have a good roster. I don't love I don't know that they have I know Mike McCarthy has won a Super Bowl, but I don't think they have a Super Bowl 
winning head coach and quarterback combination? Um, NFC North. I'd be surprised if anybody in the NFC North won the Super Bowl. Yes. If the Vikings won the Super Bowl, it would be one of the funniest things. I agree. Like Kirk Cousins winning a Super Bowl. In his contract here. Kirk Cousins winning the Super Bowl would be like Patrick Reed winning the Masters. (laughs) Yeah. It's very, very good. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Everybody in the NFC South, I'm counting up. Yeah, I think you're right. In the NFC, I think it's the Niners and Philly. So I I'm kind Dallas? of I'm kind of buying the Seahawks as like a team that could be that could be good. Do you know Just, what their over under is? Is it like ten? It's eight and a half. Yeah, I take the over. Yeah. I just I, I think they have a chance to to be better. Um, and that's mostly like if the NFC was loaded, I wouldn't think much of the Seahawks, but I, I kind of think there's a vacuum of, of like good teams or a vacuum available for like a team to step into, you know, like a wild card spot or like becoming one of the top five teams in the conference. So I think Seattle could, could make that leap. I think so too, but the eight and a half number on their over under scares me. Why? Because that's a, that feels like a sucker bet to me. Where you go, dude, they won they went over that last year. They got better this offseason. They're gonna win eleven or twelve games. I'm gonna hammer that over. And then Vegas makes a bunch of money on a bunch of idiots like me hitting the over, and then they go seven and ten. If Geno Smith just fell off a cliff this year, would you be shocked? I wouldn't. No, I wouldn't be shocked, but I'm looking around at the other NFC teams that are not like division favorites, and I'm I probably like them the most. Like I think I like Seattle more than Detroit. Hmm. I don't. Yeah, I mean I I, I don't think, feel I strongly think- about it. <laughs> <laughs> you just this is a debate you have in your head all the time yeah. lions vc hawks yeah you you have an internal dialogue about oh i'm super excited about the nfl and my internal dialogue is god seahawks lions who's it gonna be <laughs> <laughs> doing grocery like <laughs> buying groceries in the trader joe's checking out the Not avocados now, <laughs> pick whatever bananas you want <laughs> I've got Goth v. Gino going on right now. We got biting kneecaps versus chewing bubblegum. Who's it going to be? But I just... Yeah, I there's always... There's just always, a you know, the, every year there's that worst to first kind of team. Yeah. And I just... It's not... Here's, here's my thing. Let's say there's going to be one team that goes worst to first. Washington, no. The answer is the Bears. Is it worst of first? It's not Atlanta. I I, I mean, there I were guess that's technically cheating because they were, were all seven and ten. There were three teams that were seven and ten. So yeah, but right, you're right. Uh, I I can't. I mean, well, the Saints were not in last. I guess the Saints could be. Saints are like they have a good defense. It's a tough place to win. Maybe upgrading at quarterback. If it is a true upgrade, we'll help them. Um, I don't know. I just 
there there is going to be a team that like it's going to be November December and one of these teams is going to be good. I kind of think the Bears have the have the most cuz like okay, would it surprise you if Justin Fields is like a I mean, I guess MVP candidate would be surprising, but would you be like absolutely stunned if Justin Field has Justin Fields has a Jalen Hurts season? We get it. You went to Ohio State. <laughs> no. <laughs> I would no no, I I would mm, from a throwing the ball standpoint, yeah. Jalen was pretty good throwing last year. And I think that would be a massive leap for Justin Fields. But if he was a little better throwing it this year, just because his weapons are gonna be better, but then you include what he does on the ground. No, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't be crazy shocked if they had like a top eight scoring offense. Yeah, I mean that's you know, they have DJ Moore. Yeah. They have maybe their offensive line is better. Didn't they get a running back from someone? Got Dante Foreman. Hmm. Khalil Herbert's kind of nice. Yeah, they have, and that... they have two fullbacks on their offseason roster, so. Oh damn. So do the Niners though. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, no, I like Darnell no, I just... Mooney. I like DJ Moore. You know, I don't. Dante Pettis is still on that team. Yeah, he is. Cole Komet, you're a big Cole Komet guy. Everybody knows it. Right, everybody knows it. <laughs> <laughs> you're widely known Cole Komet guy. Yeah, they got Tremaine no, that, Edmonds. I just the the thought of Jaquan Brisker's good. Yeah, he is. The thought of just going into every week and just kind of every game having something that I want to watch. At some point, because you're right, there's going to be some team that goes 3-14, and 14, and by week 6, it's like, I want nothing to do. There's going to be injuries, there's going to be players who don't perform well, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. How often is there like a Thursday night game between two backup quarterbacks So you're like, you cannot pay me to watch this game? Because I feel like there are a handful of those every year. And even if it's not a Thursday yeah. game, like, you know, it, it just happens yeah. in the league. Yeah, and it's definitely, like I said, there's definitely a, a, a level of, of optimism here that you know optimism reigns this kind of year but i just on on paper even the bad teams like a team like houston that you think is going to be bad it's at least hey they had two picks in the top three and you want to see how cj stroud's going to be you want to see will anderson D'Amico ryan's how's he going to fare as a head coach it just seems like every team has something that's kind of Captivating to start the year. So what's interesting about it, we talk about like worst to first in the NFC. Look at the AFC, last place, New York Jets, Cleveland Browns, Houston Texans, Denver Broncos. All four of those last place teams, with maybe the exception of the Browns, have gone through like substantial changes Mm -hmm. and should be infinitely more interesting this year than last year. Yeah. Well, the Browns under are undergoing a quote unquote substantial t- change because they'll get Deshaun Watson to start the year. Yeah, instead of Jacoby Brissett for eleven games or whatever it was. Right. So that'll that'll matter. I. It just feels like parity super high. And even the bad teams have reasons to watch, except for the Cardinals. Sorry, Cardinals. At the Rams, I'm maybe the Rams are going to win two games. I'm kind of the surprised, be, Matt. The Rams might be really bad. I'm kind of surprised Matt Stafford didn't retire. Me too. Guy's made like $300 million and is like dealing with concussion and neck and 
all sorts of crazy stuff. And his like, like arm is falling off. Yeah, you like, bro, you want a Super Bowl? Like, is this is this really necessary? But you know, whatever. I man, I'm just. I don't know how McVeigh would handle going like four and thirteen. I think he would handle it by snagging some Jeff Bezos money and doing Thursday night games next year. I agree. <laughs> I think on the surface he wants to Jordan Rodriguez at the Athletic has done a lot of writing about this. So with Sean McVay and like his mindset and stuff. But dude, if you're going four and thirteen and Matthew Stafford's out and Aaron Donald's gonna be out. I, I guess they get their picks back next year and you can kind of start to rebuild, but you're probably looking at like a two or three year thing where everything needs to go right for you to contend again. Yeah. That's a lot for a dude who's pretty neurotic. Remember when Jalen Ramsey got traded to the Miami Dolphins? Barely. <laughs> he was at the Miami Heat game. I think it was game six against the against the Knicks. And I was like, why is Jalen Ramsey at the heat game. I j- I literally had forgotten. And my mom's like, because he plays for the dolphins. Like, no, what? I, I literally had removed that from my brain. Yeah. But also NFL players like to hang or anybody likes to hang out in Miami. Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. That's a good, point. but anyways, we're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You want to get to our Oakley Spotlight? Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, let's get to our Oakley Spot Spotlight. Brought to you by Oakley. Check out oakley.com. Get yourself a pair of sunglasses today. Today we're spotlighting the 49ers League Worst Rest Disadvantage. They have a 20-game rest disadvantage, or a 20-day rest disadvantage to their opponents. Explain that what that means. Say, if the 49ers play on a Sunday and their opponent played that Thursday, or the previous Thursday. I messed that up. It's the amount of days off between games. So if the Niners week two opponent, I don't know. If the Niners play, if if the Niners have a short week, say they play on a Monday night and then they play the next Sunday against a team that played the Sunday, they're down a rest day. Thank you. They have a minus one rest day. But they play somebody who had the quote-unquote mini-buy after playing on a Thursday. They're down three. Right. So they are, over the course of the season, down 20. And Warren Sharp did a whole report on this, and it does lack a lot of context of how much does rest matter, what's a team's record, when it has a minus three or plus three rest differential, doesn't, doesn't provide those numbers. 
but I do think it's kind of interesting because one of the things that jumps out, and you and me were talking about this before the pod, is we knew the Niners are going to play out Washington. But they play that game late in the year now. And they play that game after playing on Monday night against the Ravens. So they'll play Monday night against the Ravens. And then they'll have a 10 a.m. kick the following Sunday. So, and then Washington plays the Sunday before. So they get a plus one rest disadvantage or advantage. The the commanders do. But that's where the schedule is fascinating to me. And again, whether the how much the rest days matter, I don't know. I imagine more rest is typically better in the NFL, especially later in the year. But, and especially for a team like the Niners, it's already had a bunch of health issues. When you go in as the rest disadvantaged team, I imagine that's not great. But I do think it's a fascinating aspect of the schedule where all of a sudden that game in Washington like comes with a little extra layer of difficulty now. It's a game the Niners should win. They'll probably be favored, you know, barring injury or whatever. But man, short week, cross-country flight, 10 a.m. kick. Yeah, gets a little more interesting. Yeah, so is the NFL screwing the 49ers, Chris? It's... Did they say we'll give you the Super Bowl? <laughs> but you're going to get hosed on the 2023 schedule. See, I, like I do wonder if that's something the league is factoring in because other teams with similar situations, although not as bad as the 49ers are the Eagles and the chiefs Mm -hmm. and the chargers and the Falcons Falcons probably don't shouldn't really be grouped into that, but (laughs) like, is the, is this the NFL an underground way of creating parody of trying to, level the playing field when they look at the chiefs having Patrick Mahomes or they look at the Niners and having the best defense in the league and potentially the best or one of the best group of skill position players in the league coached by Kyle Shanahan. Is this a league saying, all right, if we can artificially level the playing field a little bit, maybe we do that because we know how much the NFL prides itself on parity. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't stun me if they did that. I wouldn't be like completely shocked. I know there are like generally there's sort of some give and take when it comes to schedule making. Like it happened again this year, right? Like every year the 49ers asked the NFL to have as few one o'clock home starts in September and October as possible. Right. And they only have, they have two, one coming October 1st, 125 against Arizona. And then the other one is until October 29th, a 125 start against Cincinnati to where obviously like the Niners don't love having fans bake out in, in the, their East grandstands Mm -hmm. facing into the sun uncovered. So that has been something that the that the Niners have have tried to get by. So only two in October. I mean, maybe this is the other side of that. You mentioned the Super Bowl. Maybe that's the other side of that. You know, I'm mm-hmm. sure the league has wanted the 49ers to go abroad. 
and the 49ers haven't done that yet. The league is going to give the 49ers a Super Bowl in 2026. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you look at it that way, you could say, all right, maybe this is how the league is making the 49ers pay for some of these schedule quirks, you know, asking for consecutive games in the Eastern time zone multiple times so they can practice. So they could practice, you know, at the Greenbrier IMG Academy or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I don't know. Like, I just I'm I don't like the discourse because and this happens in the NBA a lot, too. You know, it's like, oh, three games in five nights. This team's really getting screwed. It's like at some point in the NBA, every team has has rough patches in the schedule. It's just like yeah. part of an NBA schedule. So I look at some of this stuff and I'm like, yeah, I think it's there's a good chance it's just like, no, this is part of just being in the NFL. And this is why depth is so important, right? It's why people care so much about the draft. Mm-hmm. It's why, you know, we talk so many people are fascinated by, you know, undrafted free agents and can these guys contribute? Because that's, you know, if you get a starter who's an undrafted player, like that's, you know, that's, that's like gold in the NFL, right? And maybe mm-hmm. the more guys you hit, the more you can absorb some of these health issues that might come up because of these rest day problems and all that. I get all that. But like, I think more times than not in the NFL, you know whether or not your team's good, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. if a team loses in the playoffs, it's not going to be because, oh, well, they had... They had six fewer rest days over the length of the season than their opponents. Like, no, they just lost a football game. Yeah. So that's that's kind of how I look at it. Like, it's it's interesting to look at. And I, I think the bigger question is, is the NFL doing this intentionally? And are there reasons they're doing it? Whether it's for parity or whether it's because the 49ers have certain schedule requests and this is how they mm-hmm. pay for it. Or if it's just totally random and ultimately, like, you know, your record is what it is. Like you're either good or you're not. And that sort of bears itself out. Like if the Niners lose, if the Niners don't make the playoffs this year, I'm not going to be like, oh, it's because of their, it's because of the rest days. They had so much, so, yeah. so but many if, games but if, against opponents where they, had, where the opponents had more rest. It's like, no, you just lost. But if they, but if they drop that game to Washington, I think that's something you can kind of circle. Yeah, I mean, there. I think there are like in the NBA, there are definitely schedule losses. Like there, there are stretches in the season where you play five games in seven nights, and you know it's a second back to back in five days or whatever. We need to get somebody in the locker room to ask the Niners if they're tired. <laughs> you guys just guessed. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. I just How- like. I, so what, what I'm leery of on the schedule makers. <laughs> what I'm leery of is like excuse making. Yeah, I'm just out on excuse making in general. I think Warren Sharp is is right to point out that this impacts. I think more than anything, like over under win totals. Like if you're really in the weeds and you're trying to bet over unders and you're looking for any edge you can find. Right. Then I think this is probably a pretty solid one. Because to your point, that stuff does matter. But I guarantee you, like Kyle Shanahan isn't looking at this team and being like, 
you know, oh, if we if we don't go to the Super Bowl, it's because we had so many games where we were at a rest disadvantage versus our opponents. Mm-hmm. And another thing, sharp sharp mentions in here is that you know there are a couple there are a couple teams that have their buys negated because other teams are coming off their buy. It's like, well, it it does. You don't have a buy week to have an advantage on your opponent. You have a buy week to give your team a week off. Mm-hmm. to get your guys healthy so like that's that's part of the disconnect i think between like how much this matters to nfl teams versus how much it matters to the to the public and i get that it matters to the public and it's something worth talking about but i just don't my takeaway from this season if the 49ers don't win the super bowl is not going to be oh well they didn't win it because you know it was just a schedule like how often does that ever happen are we like oh they would have won, but they had a tricky schedule. Not to, not like Thursday nights, typically, if you have to like travel on a Thursday night. Yeah, but usually it doesn't it doesn't come up that much. I don't know. That's our Oakley spotlight. We will. I'm not going to bring that up again before the year. But during the season, I'm going to be fascinated to track it and see if it does actually matter over the course of this season. Because the 49ers are going to be good, like you said. I don't think they're going to go 9-8 and because of their schedule. That's what I think. Anyways, that's the Oakley Spotlight. Check out oakley.com. Get yourself some sunglasses today. Um, The Super Bowl, Super Bowl 60. After the 2025 season. So 2025 season happens February 2026. The Super Bowl is at Levi Stadium. Your thoughts? I think it's cool. I, I, went, to the, I went to the Super Bowl after the 2015 season Super Bowl 50 where Peyton Manning uh won in his last NFL game with the Broncos and Cam Newton didn't hop on the fumble and Von Miller had a performance that sort of cemented his status as a as a Hall of Fame player unbelievable um i think it's cool i think logistically it's probably going to be problematic um and i think a lot of people in the media are going to complain about how problematic it is but Look, I haven't been every Super Bowl, but I do think most Super Bowl cities that are not Phoenix or New Orleans are pretty crummy from a logistics perspective when it comes to the Super Bowl. The Super Bowl is just a logistically difficult event. Like in Miami, for example, when the Niners played the Chiefs, they had the media hotels were out by the airport which is about 20 minutes, half hour, give or take, east of downtown Miami slash South Beach. You have to drive through downtown Miami to get to South Beach, which is basically like an island, right? Like you have to drive over bridges to get to South Beach. You had to go get your credential at the convention center, which is in South Beach. Radio Row is in South Beach. The media availabilities were downtown. And the, the timing of the media availabilities were basically so you had to drive through rush hour traffic to get there doing that all week wasn't the most fun <laughs> you could i mean nick, nick and i nick, nick and i tried to make tried to make it as much fun as we could um by riding together and i i can't tell nick how much i owe him for just being like being my ride to and from availability like the entire as long week as you guys as long as you guys had some shit with some bop in it <laughs> we sure did we sure did. Yeah, we had the radio going and that came on, I think, about twice a ride on average. The little baby 
Uh, <laughs> baby, Bob, da baby, da baby, da little yeah. baby. Well, I, how no, how old baby. and white do I sound? Let's the let's... little baby, <laughs> the smaller baby. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, da baby, shit Thank with you. some pop in it played about twice twice each. I mean, it, it was fine. It's not a bad song. Um. Anyway, so the point being is like there are going to be people who complain about because logistically, Radio Row and right, like Radio Row in 2015 was at the Moscone Center in San Francisco. The media availability one was at the downtown Marriott, the Panthers. They were there. And then the Denver Broncos had their availability at the Marriott by Great America. And obviously that can be kind of a hellish drive to get from San Francisco if you're staying there as a media person to get down to San Jose. So logistically, yeah, it's not great, but like, it's not great in Miami, probably not great in New York, right? It wasn't great in Dallas. Minnesota was negative a billion degrees, like in LA, the Rams practice in thousand Oaks, which is not close to downtown LA where the convention center is. Miami is, you know, problematic in and of itself. Obviously like Miami is a good place to have a Super Bowl, but, the point here is like every NFL or every Super Bowl city, I would say, and I talked to people who went to the one in Phoenix and like the convention center and the arena and all that stuff is right downtown and all the hotels are right downtown. Everything was very central in Phoenix. The the stadium's obviously way far out in Glendale, but I don't know, man. Like, I, I think it's cool. I think it's fun. Um, I get it. Logistically, it sucks. But like the Super Bowl is going to suck logistically kind of wherever it is it's just kind of that type of event where you have so many people and so many moving parts and so many different events and so many different places to be that like unless it's like indianapolis where everything is basically in one spot right it's gonna be a pain in the ass and so you know i, I think kind it, of indy new orleans like those are probably the cities that can handle it the best i kind of wonder if it, it might just not matter because the zero was obviously successful as hell regardless and they're not doing things based on convenience for media. But part of me wonders if that's something that moving forward, when a place builds a new stadium, if they try and figure out Super Bowl logistics while building the stadium. And then it's part of it. Maybe the NFL is just going to build a stadium that is the Super Bowl stadium. I mean, the thing is, though, like in Miami, for example, all the they're not going to do that by the way the least not going to have a billion dollar stadium for one game a year <laughs> the post game availability like they open locker rooms to people with certain access so like if you're a beat reporter or if you're a national person but everybody else they had all the availability out in tents hmm. so they built tents outside the stadium and had players on golf carts front to and from the locker room so like it's not you know and even in levi's i that was one thing too. You remember the Cam Newton thing? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, where you could hear him talking shit. They they had instead of tents, the the they used a storage room in the bowels of Levi's Stadium to have the the post game media availability. And the only thing that was separating the <laughs> the Panthers and the Broncos was was a curtain. And so I forget which Broncos player who was it. I think it, it was Chris Harris. Chris Harris. Yeah, it was just it had just to be Chris Harris if we both talking talking all sorts of shit and Cam Newton's just sitting there like listening to it and it's like yeah yeah I couldn't imagine yeah. that so I do wonder if they're gonna switch that up 
Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like, would it be the worst thing in the world if if a team hosted a Super Bowl? Like NBA final style? What do you mean? The the better seed hosts the Super Bowl? Like it's a home game? No, I don't think that'd be the worst thing, but like there's so many logistics that go into it that planning would be impossible. Like they're planning out Super Bowls three years in advance. Yeah. I don't know. I just think like I think the best It's just an event. It's such a long ass because there's like the whole week leading up to it with all the activities yeah, and yeah, yeah. But like experiences. But that's all that's all corporate stuff. Like I get it, the corporate partners want to make money and stuff but like the uh, would the nfl product aside from the corporate money would the nfl product really be hurt in a substantial way if the super bowl was played at the home stadium of the higher seed because i will contend and i don't know anybody who would disagree with this the best atmosphere in any nfl game is always a conference championship game and it's not even close like i've been to a handful of conference championship games and those atmospheres are the best that like if you're an NFL fan and you have an opportunity to go to a conference championship game, if your team's in it, whether it's at home or on the road, it is unquestionably the best, most intense atmosphere in the NFL. And then the Super Bowl after that is kind of a letdown, to be honest, like in the building, it's like kind of quiet, like the pomp and circumstance with like the anthem and the intros and the teams coming out. All that stuff is really cool. And halftime's pretty cool. But ever like when the game's happening, it's kind of like quiet. It's kind of like yeah. it's it's awkward because they're like doing the in-game ops is like doing some things to gas up one fan base and then other things to gas up the other fan base. And it's like everyone's kind of like, is this awesome or is this is this like weird? I but like I don't know. I I, I would love to see a Super Bowl with like with a home field advantage. Like, I think that would be, that would be oh. sweet. Yeah. And it sucks that the two that we've gotten were during the pandemic year in Tampa Bay. And then the Rams were half their stadiums, the other team's fans. Anyways, whose house Rams house. <laughs> that might be the worst in game, in game ops chant move something in, in the entire NFL. The Rams, the Rams Super Bowl parade was one of the funniest goddamn things I'd ever seen in my life. I have zero recollection of the Rams Super Bowl parade. In, it was cars me. driving down the street on a Tuesday. Right. That was it. The people watching the parade were people like walking to work and like, oh, hey, is that the Rams? They didn't line the streets in downtown LA for the Rams. That's what was fun. It's like, yeah, there was definitely. I don't want to make. I don't want to make. There were fans on the streets for sure. Are but, the Rams? Are the Rams the fourth most popular team in LA? I bet they're like the fifth or sixth. Okay, who's more pot? So the Raiders, the Cowboys. Oh, NFL team. I thought you meant like among LA teams. No, no, no. Like NFL team. I think the Rams are legitimately like the fourth most popular NFL team. The Niners team are probably more popular than the Rams in LA, right? Right. So Niners, Raiders, Cowboys. Cowboys. I think that's, that's probably, probably the it? three. Yeah, and then the Rams. If you told me there were as many Steelers fans as Rams fans in LA, I don't think I would argue with you. Yeah, I don't think I would either. Steelers fans show up, man. Oh, yeah. I don't I know think... if they travel, but... No, Steelers or... fans travel. I think the fan bases that travel the best, I would say, are 
Packers, Steelers, Cowboys, Niners. Sneaky one, sneaky one, the Saints. And yeah. it may not be volume of like quantity, but those people are loud, bro. Yeah. They had no, a whole they ass parade through the candlestick parking lot in 2012. They just have parades in general. You can you can go to New Orleans and like pay their like services where if you like had a birthday party and you yeah. went to New Orleans, you could like pay to have a little mini parade through the quarter. Dude, hire a second line and it, Hannibal Burris has a whole joke about it. It's great. But anyways, <laughs> yeah, man. Um, uh-huh. I don't have anything else to say. I'm I'm I am excited that the that Santa Clara is going to host another Super Bowl. Yeah, I think it's cool. I think the Super Bowl is fun. Again, people are going to complain about logistics, but I would contend that outside of New Orleans and Indianapolis, but I mean, people would probably complain about being in Indianapolis in January and February anyway. Right. Like there isn't a, there isn't a place that's like, oh, the Super Bowl's here. Perfect. Everything logistically is going to be easy. It's just a logistically difficult event. And it's probably particularly difficult in San Francisco and Santa Clara, but Jed York wants a Super Bowl and he's going to get one. I'm yeah. curious to see there's going to be a hundred million dollars put into Levi's to like update it or something to update the suites. Yeah. I was going to say like, what is, what's that look like? Hardwood floors and all the suites moving forward. I mean, the suites are pretty nice as it is. They have these like kind of cool, like retractable windows and like the food is is pretty solid from my understanding. I think it's similar to, to what the excuse me, what the food is in the press box. I don't think it's going to be anything noticeable to the average fan. Unless it's a roof, which it's not going to be. <laughs> Whatever. Probably not. It would probably cost more than 100 million to do that. And it would take probably like years cuz I imagine there's a bunch of stuff you'd have to do to get the top of the stadium ready to happen. Well, no, the, the bigger issue is Levi's is literally in the flight path of San Jose airport. Like, mm. like planes fly directly right, overhead right, right, all day. So they, they can't build any taller because of that. It's kind of funny. Like if you drive around Santa Clara or San Jose, like Levi's is like, you can see it in the distance. It's like a very yeah. tall building. Cause there's nothing else tall around it outside of like drop zone. If it's still called that. (laughs) Yeah. I don't have anything else to say. Me neither. All right. So, okay. I'll ask you one more question before we get out of here. Does the fact that the 49ers have, I guess, the biggest disadvantage in net rest days against their opponents change the way you feel about their season? Yeah. Does it? No, not really. Yeah, me neither. It's not like... That's the thing is the net rest days is just putting is quantifying all the stuff we talked about with the schedule. The Jags also coming off a bye and the Niners having to fly cross country to face the Jags. The Thursday night games, that's those are short weeks, but it's short weeks for both teams. That turnaround where it's Thursday night against the Seahawks, then they got to fly to play the Eagles but then they got to come back and they play the Seahawks, like that kind of stuff. Like that was already the 10 a.m. kick after playing Monday night. That was already a thing that's been discussed. Yeah. But playing four teams coming off their bye week is rough. That's tough. 
Yeah, but again, if you're the better team, then just beat them. Sure. Don't. I, yeah, I guess. Let's. I'm just leery. Like, don't PSA to 49ers fans. Don't be the fan that complains about the schedule and blames the schedule if and when the 49ers lose one of these games. I don't think that will happen. This is an off-season talking. Yeah, I guess. Now, if the one thing that jumps out to me is the whole injury thing. Because that stuff starts to matter late in the year when you're talking about days off and one team having more rest than the other team. Yeah. But every NFL team deals with injuries. Totally. I have a big. I don't think. Issue. I don't think it's ultimately the Niners are going to win like eleven or twelve games. They should. But I, but I think that's just going to be what it is. My bigger issue with the net resting is more like NFL. NFL wide, it's like if you're going to have seventeen games, you probably need two bye weeks, and just get rid of Thursday games. Like I'm yeah. sorry, having Thanksgiving fine, but like. That's never, just not pragmatic. It's never going to happen. Gonna <laughs> well, it is pragmatic, but the, from a financial standpoint, it's just not going to happen. Realistic. I didn't mean pragmatic. Realistic. <laughs> but yeah, I just, those are my issues with the scheduling. Like just uh, screw, get rid of the preseason, make the regular season 18 games and have two bye weeks. Yeah. We don't need the preseason. Nobody, nobody is like, Anyway, I don't want to get on that rant again, but it's going to say listen to the earlier part of the pod. I'm a big fan. I know this would probably never happen because it would happen around Thanksgiving. But what if you gave everybody in the NFL two weeks off in the middle of the season and there were no bye weeks? So you had nine games, two weeks off and then nine games or whatever with eight games and nine games. If you have a 17 game schedule. Then we don't have to complain about net rest and whatever. But anyway, there are solutions out there, but we got to make money in TV slots and all that fun stuff. So. Exactly. But, you know, player safety. Big time. A lot of player safety stuff. All right, let's get out of here. Okay, subscribe, rate, review. Goodbye, everybody. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.